You are Locked On Vols, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Vols, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here today, Friday before the Tennessee-Georgia game. On today's show, I'm going to look ahead to the game coming up this weekend, some things that Tennessee has to do to at least try to make it a game. Of course, try to pull off the upset. That's the goal for Tennessee's football team at home on Saturday night. Both teams are coming off an off week. Both teams were off this past Saturday. Both teams a little bit fresher from where they were a couple of weeks ago. Of course, Georgia coming in at 4-0 as a top-five team in the country, feeling a little bit better about things compared to Tennessee. I'm going to get to all of that on today's show. In segment number one, what does Tennessee do at quarterback? I've talked about Jarrett Garantano and him trying to hold on to the starting position. There continues to be some talk about Brian Maurer maybe starting, certainly playing more. That's a big question going in. We'll talk about the position there, and you'll hear some national thoughts on what Tennessee has at quarterback and why it's so important for either guy to be ready for this George defense. I'll get to that coming up in segment number one. In segment number two, some keys for Tennessee to try to pull off the upset. What happens along the line of scrimmage is so important here because Georgia comes in with what appears to be a massive advantage, literally and figuratively, I guess, up front. Can Tennessee overcome that? I'll get to that in segment number two. And then in segment number three, there's been a lot of attention locally and nationally on Philip Fulmer and what he said on vol calls. You'll hear that coming up in the third segment. That was the lead on Paul Feinbaum's show on Thursday. And again, some national coverage. Chris Lowe writing about it for ESPN.com. We'll get to that. What would the crowd be like? And recruiting is a focus, both for football and Tennessee basketball this weekend. That's all right here on Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Find it anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, the third-party apps. Thank you for being here. Thanks to everybody who has helped spread the word to other Tennessee fans as well about Locked On Vols. So the quarterback position. Jared Garantano has started the first four games of the season for Tennessee. At the beginning of the season, a common thought, one that I shared, was that Tennessee had to keep Jarrett Garantano healthy. Tennessee could not afford to not have Jarrett available on the field. A little more than a month later, here we are talking about whether Tennessee can keep Garantano on the field or if he needs to be replaced. So who will start? There continues to be some chatter about Brian Maurer maybe getting an opportunity certainly to play. I would be surprised if we don't see two quarterbacks, and that goes with whether Jarrett or Brian Maurer starts the game. I know there's some JT Shrout talk there as well from Jeremy Pruitt. I guess coming out of the bye week with Tennessee having two weeks to get ready, we shouldn't rule out anything. Juwan Jennings could line up there. Now, I don't consider that him necessarily playing quarterback just because he takes a snap uh, from the shotgun position. That, that's simply he's one of their best players. Get him the football. That's the plan there. But still, the, the point would be to try a number of different things. I have said that I think Jarrett is Tennessee's best option at quarterback He also has not done a great job of backing me up on that. Tennessee's offense has been more productive this season with him at quarterback. Tennessee's averaged more than five yards per play with Garantano at quarterback. With Brian Maurer in the Florida game and those three series in the third quarter, they were at a little more than three and a half yards per play. But neither has been very good, and Brian Maurer's sample size is not great either. I recognize that. And on the season, Maurer has attempted 13 passes, two passes in the Chattanooga game, 11 passes against Florida. Of those 13 passes, he's completed three of them to his teammates. That's not so good. But again, Jarrett hasn't been good enough, and whether he starts or whether he comes in in relief, 
He has to be better. He has to take better care of the football. We'll see what happens. We'll see what Tennessee decides to do Saturday night because Jeremy Pruitt has done a good job of staying mum on the subject and keeping some secrecy behind those doors and walls within the UT building of what they're going to do Saturday night. Georgia is prepared for both guys. I said on Tuesday's show, I guess, after Jeremy Pruitt said they weren't going to name a starter, didn't want to give the game plan to Georgia. That does not give Tennessee any kind of advantage. I'll stand by that, but maybe Tennessee can prove me wrong when they go out there on the field on Saturday night. Now, nationally, there still continues to be an expectation that Jarrett starts and that Jarrett is their best player at the position, at quarterback. Listen to what was said on the SEC Network when Jordan Rogers and DJ Shockley, two guys who played quarterback in the SEC, talked about Tennessee's quarterback position, what the Vols should do, the options that they have, Jarrett needing to be better, here is that conversation they had on the SEC Network. Garrett Taylor's a guy. I <laughs> yes, think he's a he guy. Is. He just has to be more consistent in his ball. Can't turn it over, no. for one. Uh, that's a big part of any quarterback's game. But Garrett Taylor has to be more consistent in the pocket. And I wonder if they're asking him to do too much at the line of scrimmage. You said they get down to two, one seconds on the clock a lot of times. He has to be more consistent and then also take a little bit off his plate. Just yeah. allow him to play. Jim Cheney's good at that, though, and he knows this defense inside and out, as Pruitt does as well. So they'll have a good plan. Garantano is the best quarterback they have on roster. I think last week pulling him, putting him back in, that's a challenge. Like, look, we're not going to yeah. put up with this. Just because you're the most talented doesn't mean you're going to run out there every snap. You have to be better. So Pruitt has laid down a challenge for Garantano. He needs to answer the bell. Jordan Rogers and DJ Shockley on the SEC Network. And staying with the same company, I want you to hear just a few seconds here from Dan Orlovsky, former college and NFL quarterback, who was on the broadcast for the Tennessee-Florida game two weeks ago. And he made this comment, which is not an uncommon thought, on Jarrett Garantano playing quarterback. This was during the middle of the first half. Dan Orlovsky talking about maybe an issue that has affected Jarrett Garantano. I actually think they ask him to do too much, and it makes him to think too much, and he's trying to be perfect and control the line of scrimmage. It's something he does solid, but too much for this, for this offense. Dan Orlovsky. So when you hear him and you hear Jordan Rodgers and DJ Shockley getting things simplified for Jarrett, making sure that he is focusing on the things that he needs to do to be successful and not overthinking on the field, not asking too much of him before the ball is snapped. That was a big offseason conversation that Jarrett had more responsibility, more control of what Tennessee was doing. And maybe looking at the first four games, that wasn't such a good thing. So if he's out there, if he's starting, is he ready to go? If not, Brian Maurer, I can't imagine they're asking too much of him. I would think that they try to use Brian Maurer's legs. He's a good runner now against George's defense and all that speed. Could be difficult. But, of course, if Brian Maurer is playing quarterback for Tennessee, they need to make sure that they play to his strengths with his limited experience that he has playing at the college level. Also, another reason they need to make sure they keep things simple for Brian Maurer and they help him, or Jarrett in this case, get the ball out of there quickly Georgia's defense has focused on havoc rate, trying to create problems for opposing offenses, trying to get into the offensive backfield, and what team doesn't want to do that? But Georgia has playmakers that can do it, and Georgia probably didn't create enough pressure last year on defense. This year, Georgia has been much better in that regard. And with a young quarterback out there, or again, Jarrett, with the way that he's played this season, if you have quarterbacks who absolutely have the ability to make mistakes I would imagine Georgia will do everything it can to cause problems for Garantano or Maurer certainly if JT Shrouds out there as well and that's something Tennessee has to be prepared for in the next segment I'm going to get to the line of scrimmage conversation because 
that's a huge challenge and the biggest test easily for Tennessee that it's faced. Florida up front on defense is very good, uh, but Georgia combined with what it has on the offensive line and the defensive line, uh, a much bigger test for Tennessee. So I'm going to get to that coming up next. Quarterback play will be a big topic and it's probably the number one key. It's that and the line of scrimmage heading into the game. We'll see who starts at quarterback for Tennessee. We'll see if multiple quarterbacks play for Tennessee because right now that's my bet that I would be confident in that we see multiple players at the quarterback position for Tennessee. I say that because there could be multiple reasons that more than one quarterback goes out there and plays against the Georgia Bulldogs. Keys for the Vols in trying to pull off an upset and at least trying to keep things competitive against one of the top five teams in the country. That's coming up next right here on Locked on Vols. If you need tickets for that game, for any game, anytime, Vivid Seats can help you. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime. Let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. And if you want to make things interesting this weekend with a college game, the NFL, whatever the case might be, my bookie can help you. Whether you have been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. And you can do different things like playing a parlay, a teaser, of course, straight up. Do you have an underdog that you think will pull off a big win? How about a money line spot on that one? If you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win, especially with all that's going on. The Major League Baseball playoffs are here right now. The NHL has started up. NBA is right around the corner. And of course, college and the NFL. Check out mybookie, mybookie.ag. And if you join right now, mybookie will double your first deposit. All you have to do is use promo code ONCOLLEGE, that's one word, to activate the offer. That's promo code ONCOLLEGE to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. At mybookie, you play, you win, you get paid. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Keys for Tennessee as the Vols try to pull off what would be a massive upset. When I last checked my bookie, Tennessee was listed as a 25-point underdog against Georgia. The conversation starts with quarterback. That's why I led there in the first segment. So that's, of course, on the list. How does Jarrett Garantano and or Brian Maurer play against Georgia on Saturday night? What about Tennessee's defensive line? Can it hold its own against Georgia's offensive line, which is one of the best in the country? And that group, which has been banged up in the first half of the season, has had two weeks to get ready for this game. Some numbers on Georgia. Georgia has the number one rush offense in the SEC. Georgia has only allowed one sack all season. On Thursday's show, we heard from Daryl Taylor, and he talked about needing to play better, needing to play with better effort, and... Uh, remember last year, Daryl had three sacks against Georgia. Can he do something like that again this week? The conversation starts with Daryl because he's still athletically, I would say, Tennessee's most most talented player up front. So can Tennessee create some kind of pressure? Can Tennessee's defensive line hold its own against Georgia's offensive line? Jeremy Pruitt talked about the improved play of his guys up front 
in slowing down rushing attacks. But doing that against Florida only means so much because Florida hasn't been good at running the football this year. And when you look at BYU and Georgia State and Chattanooga, I mean, Georgia State did what it wanted to. BYU had some success. I thought it should have run the ball more. Tennessee still ranks in the bottom half of the league in rush defense. And now it's going up against Georgia, which has the best rush offense in the SEC. So Tennessee's defensive line, can it hold its own? Another key for Tennessee, flip to the other side, same conversation. While quarterback play matters and getting the ball to the playmakers is a a really important key. What about the rush offense? Because two of Tennessee's best playmakers are Ty Chandler and Eric Gray. Against BYU, Tennessee had a lot of success running out on the perimeter. Can Tennessee do that against Georgia, where there's a lot more speed? Can Tennessee's offensive line get a consistent push so that two of Tennessee's best offensive players, Gray and Chandler, can find some room to run? They're not big power backs. You've heard me say that a lot. Everybody says that at some point when talking about Tennessee's running backs, but they are really good players. They are home run hitters. I find it hard to believe that Tennessee's going to have several sustained drives. Maybe it will happen, but realistically, Tennessee needs to hit some big explosive plays, and whether it's really in the running game more as receivers, Gray and Chandler have that ability where if they can find some space, they can take off and all of a sudden hit a 40, 60, maybe 80-yard play down the field. Uh, It's not all going to be air yards. Tennessee might have to have a guy that can find some space and take off and beat some defenders. There aren't that many guys on Tennessee's offense that can do it. Chandler and Gray, maybe they could. So can Tennessee run the ball against Georgia, which has the number one rush defense in the SEC? Why is Georgia so good? Well, they're number one in rushing offense, number one in rushing defense in the conference. That says something about what Georgia has up front. Tennessee essentially needs to be perfect in special teams. Tennessee can't afford any mistakes there. Tennessee needs to kick the ball well. Uh, You don't probably beat Georgia with field goals, but Brent Smagley has been one of Tennessee's most consistent players. He needs to hit his kicks. Same for Joe Doyle when he's out there punting Paxton Brooks, handling kickoffs. They just, they can't have any mistakes there and they probably need to make a play if there's an opportunity in the return game as well and can you make a play on the other side can you block a punt it's difficult to say hey that's one of the keys of the game we need to go block a punt but remember that block punt in 2013 that ended up with Devon Swafford scoring a touchdown in 2013 it made a big difference in the game Tennessee didn't win it but Neyland Stadium was wild when that happened and it gave Tennessee a chance to win that game That could happen on Saturday night, and that gets me to the other part of the conversation. When Swafford blocked that punt, Neyland Stadium was rocking. Is it going to be on Saturday night? One of the questions I have, I don't have an answer here of what the crowd's going to be like, how many people will be there, what the split will be between Tennessee and Georgia, but we do know that Georgia fans have been online talking about getting as many fans to the game. And when David Ubbin was on Sports 180 with us on Wednesday, David covers Tennessee for The Athletic, he mentions a conversation he had with Seth Emerson, who covers Georgia for The Athletic. And Seth was pointing out that there are not really any long road games for Georgia. So Georgia fans can get to a number of different games without having to spend a ton of money. And tickets for this game are really not all that expensive. When I was looking at Vivid Seats earlier this week, you had tickets that were $50, $60 each if you're looking for a pair or four tickets. It did not look difficult for Georgia fans to get tickets if they want to be at the game. Now, the whole checkering Neyland thing, to me, that sounds very unlikely. But the point is to try to create some kind of takeover. Georgia did that at Vanderbilt, and I think people looked at that and said, well, yeah, that's Vanderbilt. If Georgia does that at Neyland Stadium, 
That would not be a good look for Tennessee, and man, that would create some bragging rights for Georgia, not only with what happens on the field. If they if they have some kind of takeover at Neyland Stadium, that could be deflating for the program. So that can't happen, I wouldn't think, for Tennessee, but can it? Let's see on Saturday. That's one of my questions. What will the crowd be like? Because Tennessee-Georgia games uh, in the past, two years ago, was a disaster for the Vols. They lost 41 nothing to, to Georgia at home. But before that, Tennessee was able to create a big advantage for the home team at Neyland Stadium, and it worked for the Vols a number of times. Will that be the case this Saturday night? There's also the recruiting impact. This is a pretty big recruiting weekend. Maybe not as big as Tennessee's coaches wanted it to be back in July and August when they were projecting ahead to the season. But you still have a number of players, three talented players from Whitehaven High School in Memphis, as well as Reggie Grimes scheduled to come in for visits to Tennessee this weekend, other players who will be showing up, and basketball recruits as Jaden Springer will be in town. And I'm not saying he's making his decision based on the crowd at Neyland Stadium, but still, there, there is that recruiting aspect, so that's something to pay attention to. What's it going to be like? It, it is an important recruiting weekend, and from the football side, Tennessee needs to play better. If Tennessee can have a competitive game against Georgia, that will help in recruiting because recruits are smart. They know what's going on. They know that Georgia's a big favorite. They may not know the point spread, but they know that Georgia's a top-five team and that Tennessee's 1-3. and three. If the Vols can keep it competitive, Tennessee's coaching staff can have something to sell, They just need to turn around and beat Mississippi State to really have some kind of recruiting momentum. So that's another layer to this game. And on the basketball side, with Keon Johnson committed and Corey Walker also committed, if Tennessee can land Jaden Springer and add him to the 2020 class, you're looking at one of the best classes in the country for Rick Barnes and his coaching staff. They've done a terrific job, and Tennessee's in a really good position with Springer, who is a top 15 player in the country, a shooting guard from North Carolina, who is right now at IMG Academy down in Florida. So keys to the game and really a big question I have as well. What's the crowd going to look like at Neyland Stadium here in segment number two? Coming up in the final segment, you'll hear Philip Fulmer's comments from Vol Calls. Does it create any more optimism for you on where Tennessee's football program is and What's going to happen moving forward? We'll get to that and wrap up some of the thoughts on Tennessee heading into its fifth game of the season right here on Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you have time to rate and review the show, that's a big help. If you haven't subscribed to the show, I want to welcome new listeners, new listeners checking out the show. You can subscribe pretty much anywhere, and the show will be in your feed as soon as I post it each and every day. Locked On Vols is here five days a week, keeping up with what's going on with Tennessee, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. A big topic over the last 48 hours or so has been the comments that were made by Philip Fulmer on Vol Calls on Wednesday night, the weekly show put on by the Vol Network. I mentioned them on Thursday's show, but I wanted you to hear the words from Philip Fulmer as he gave a vote of confidence to Jeremy Pruitt and also shot down the idea that Philip Fulmer could return to coach Tennessee at some point if Jeremy Pruitt is removed as the head coach. And I have said I I can't believe we're having this conversation 16 games in, but when the results are what they are, you know in big-time college football the conversations are going to come up. So uh, this is Philip Fulmer when he was talking about, first of all, where the program is, how the season has gone. Tennessee's 1-3. and Everybody recognizes that that is disappointing. But also Philip Fulmer talking about his position as the athletic director and how he wants to keep it that way. Jeremy would tell you himself, you know, we, we, we had every opportunity to be three and one or better. That's, uh, you know, that's the discouraging part of it. But I'm going to tell you this. I totally believe in Coach Pruitt and the job that he's doing. He's a leader. He's a recruiter. He's a hard worker. He's tough-minded. He confronts the issues. 
that we have. And, you know, we, we came in, I'm telling everybody, and everybody, I don't think, listened very well. You know, we had a long way to go. We had lots of issues to deal with. And we have a really outstanding, good-looking freshman class. We have seven seniors that are busting their butt, and a lot of other kids on the team as well. We have work to do, you know, but there's some, some real opportunities out there. If we don't turn the ball over, we're a decent football team, but you can't turn it over any, against anybody like we have done and expect to be successful. So uh, we're going to stop the turnovers, and we're going to go forward, and we're going to make this team something special. The other thing that keeps coming up, and I can tell you, I want to just address it, you know, the coaching chapter of my life is long closed, okay? I love doing what I'm doing at, at UT, but I love more being with my family and my grandchildren. And I'm still the assistant to the assistant peewee baseball coach, and I'm the flag football coach. And you can't do those things and, and, and ever coach. But we got a really, really good coach, and we need to make sure we're appreciating that. Is that been troubling, though, with all these rumors flying around? Is that no, because, the there, because there's rumors. People that know me and know us, and, and, and you know, we got, we got wonderful fans. One thing that's great about our fans is they're passionate. You know, the other thing that's great about them is they want to win. They want to win just like we want to win. I get it, okay? And, I, I, you know, I've, I've been there, okay? I know what this young – I know what a coach looks like. I know what a team looks like when they practice. We've had to learn how to practice here, you know, and we, and we, we do. We practice well now, and it took us a while, okay? And then physically, we, we, don't, we didn't have a whole lot of 300-pounders, you know, and hardly anybody that benched 400 pounds. Now we got a bunch of those guys on each side of the ball. So we're getting there, but it's going to take time. It's going to absolutely take time and, and a lot of effort. And you can bet Jeremy Pruitt is as bought in as anybody could possibly be bought in to the University of Tennessee. That's Philip Fulmer from Vol Calls on Wednesday night. And I'll go into repeat mode. I think everybody recognizes Jeremy Pruitt has to win games. They at least have to play better football. Tennessee doesn't have to go beat Georgia for things to cool off with the conversation, but... Tennessee needs to beat at least one of Mississippi State and South Carolina, and really it would do him some good to beat both of those teams. That will not be easy. Beating either of them will not be easy for Tennessee, but Tennessee should be a better football team than what we saw in the first month of the season, and maybe we'll see a better team against Georgia on Saturday. The Bulldogs are so good that sitting right here and saying, you know what, I like Tennessee's chances to pull off an upset or even having a really good chance on Saturday night – just sounds like an insult to you. And maybe it does happen. It would just be a massive upset. There's a reason that on the road, Georgia's favored by 25 points. But, you know, Tennessee was a big underdog at Auburn last year. That was on the road. Tennessee had two weeks to get ready for that one, just like it has this game. A difference would be Georgia's also had two weeks to get ready for this game. And the line of scrimmage difference just appears to be so great. The roster across the board, line them all up. Georgia has a big advantage as well. But Tennessee can play better than it has in the first four weeks of the season. And, and if Tennessee had beaten Georgia State and BYU, you'd probably feel a little bit better about Tennessee's chances going into this game. Now, that didn't happen. Tennessee didn't beat Georgia State, and Tennessee lost to BYU at the end, and that's going to affect the conversation. It's it's not been the uh, the most exciting Georgia weeks that I remember here in Knoxville. And that's for all the reasons that I've talked about. All those reasons are very obvious. I don't need to tell you why. But it is still Tennessee-Georgia, and Tennessee does still have eight games remaining. I have tried to point out, while Tennessee's 1-3 and, and and things don't look good right now, Tennessee is still just 1-3, and three, and Georgia and Bama seem unbeatable on Tennessee's schedule, and a bowl game seems very difficult for Tennessee to reach. 
but it's still possible. And all those other teams are at least flawed. Missouri seems like a really difficult game. That's also way down the line. There's a lot to figure out with Tennessee and how the season goes. And if Tennessee can win some games, you at least know that Tennessee will probably have the buy-in when they go to Columbia. Tennessee will have a week off before the Missouri game. But still, that, that seems like a really difficult one. All the others, Mississippi State, South Carolina, UAB, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt, of course those teams are beatable. Let's see if Tennessee can clean up a number of the issues. Something I haven't mentioned on today's show, but I do bring up fairly regularly you got to eliminate the mistakes. You have too many penalties. You turn the ball over against Georgia. Georgia's going to blow you out. Georgia's going to cover that 25 points. So that's probably an obvious one, but I'll say it anyway. You screw up against Georgia, Georgia's probably going to make you pay. You also have to hope that Georgia doesn't take you so seriously. Georgia knows that it's a big favorite and knows that last year it was able to win even with some lackluster football and making some mistakes in the middle of the game. You have to hope that Georgia doesn't come in fired up to try to beat you up. That's something to pay attention to this Saturday night as well. Tennessee should not lack for motivation. Tennessee will hope that Georgia does lack for motivation. And we'll see what happens. Either way, I'll be talking about it right here on Monday. Locked on Vols is here five days a week. If you want to go back and check out any of the other episodes, they are there for you in your feed no matter where you listen to podcasts. There are a lot of cool things going on with the Locked On Podcast Network. I know you hear the promos that run during the show, but uh, cool stuff. Whether you're a football, basketball, baseball, or hockey fan, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered. My name is Josh Ward. Enjoy the football this weekend. Thanks for being here, and I'll see you again on Monday.